five in a row, and the Jazz are on TNT to take on the Pelicans. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga. Want to keep it quick in the intro. One-on-one with Adam Lefko, TNT. He also works for Bleacher Report. You can catch his podcast, The Lefko Show. Great resource on the NFL. He caught us during the crossover, spoke to him about this team, and the relationship Donovan has with Dwayne Wade. He knows a lot about D. Wade, so we chatted up about that. But how have they done it? How are the Jazz on this five-game winning streak? What's going on? Well, defense looked amazing. Third best over the last two weeks, according to Cleaning the Glass. And since we talked, Jazz had a very contentious game against the Nuggets on Sunday. One where that's the prescription for how Utah wins in close games. Donovan didn't start out great. Had a tough first half. Meanwhile, Jamal Murray's going crazy, 24 points. Well, down the stretch, in clutch time, Donovan has four of his eight points in the final quarter and an assist. The one where he found favors right to the rack and he dunks it. The bucket where he's pivoting on his right foot, pumps, shoots a mid-range jumper, cans it. That's Donovan down the stretch. If you have a reliable scorer who can get his own shot, late-game scenarios are easier. And then you have Rudy affecting games the way that he has. It cleans up defensive problems. They close it out against Denver, a good team. They beat Milwaukee. They got opportunities against the Pelicans. They're buoyed by Zion Williamson. They're on a long road trip themselves. And with two cracks at Utah, we'll see if they make any adjustments too. So keep an eye on that. Before we get to Adam, shout out Jazz Reddit. I see you. Mie Oni. Oni fans, subscribe. Four of nine from three in the three games that Joe's missed with his Achilles injury. Mie Oni getting some minutes and impressing. He showed how his length affects Jamal Murray, affected a couple shots. Keep an eye on Mie, not only for his album, but also the play on the court. Good match of player and scheme. Okay, thanks again for taking time to listen to the podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, everywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Jazz app. Listen to us there. Five-star reviews, that's all I ask of you. Let's get to Lefko. Heard an interview in lead up to talking to him, just doing a little background info. And he described his job as the host of TNT on Tuesday nights, where he's with these big names, Candace Parker, Dwayne Wade. He wants to be John Stockton. But he has some Stefan Marbury tendencies. He's a showman. So how does he tamper that down? That's where we started when I caught up with Bleacher Report's Adam Lefko. The old days of Bleach Report, we used to call them pro-player comparisons, where you just compare a college guy to a pro. Yeah, I, I definitely am working on being more Steve Nash or John Stockton in terms of my ability to dish as a host. Um, and I think what, what I'm going to do is I want to dress like Stefan Marbury. I want to have the energy of an Allen Iverson. But when it comes to my assist to turnover ratio and points versus assists, I'd much rather be in the Stockton Nash than Marbury. I'm working on it, JP. I'm trying to get there. Stockton's a tough one. 
to yes. live up to. I'm my favorite Stockton stat is he had 21 assists, 21 or more times. 21 mm. or more assists, 21 times. Just the 21s. Mm. It was, it was fun. what Wilt Chamberlain is to rebounds. John Stockton kind of was to assist. It's you know, that was such an amazing era of basketball. And I'm sure Utah Jazz fans remember it fondly. And they think about it more than just the result. Um, but that two-man game was just, you know, we take it for granted now. Like I, I watched, I we're recording this and I, there was a Zion dunk over the Kings uh, on Sunday evening that I went, I've never seen a human do that before. But there are so many aspects of that 90s basketball, especially the Utah Jazz and the way that they play with Sloan that you, you, we see glimpse of it with the Raptors these last few years. I think the Bucks they executed a level sometimes that matches it where the entire team was just such in syncop syncopation. I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, but that's I, I, I long for those Utah Jazz days because it, it really was. It was like Spurs-esque, and I, I love that. And that's the model that they're going for now with Dennis Lindsay, who has Spurs mm. ties, Quinn Snyder also with his Spurs ties, and how they execute at a high level. Let, let's get to it. Let's get your jazz take. What is the 20,000 view on the Utah Jazz? The way that I look at them is the way that I look at second-year quarterbacks in the NFL, and this is weird. Everybody, they come in right away, and we expect a lot of good stuff. But then in that second year, I always hear these quarterbacks tell me, I stopped trying to play up to the speed of the game. It slowed down, and I was able to get to those that second- and third-tier question with my offensive coordinator. And that's what I'm seeing in the backcourt right now with Mike Conley. Because I think when the Utah Jazz got Mike Conley, you went, okay, this will free up Donovan to do a little bit more two-guard stuff, a little bit more creative, a little bit more ball handlers out there. But it did not click early last year. Then COVID hit. Then it was the bubble. And it was a first-round exit where we saw the peak of Donovan Mitchell. But we also saw the inability to defend guards by what Jamal Murray did. Early on this season, we're recording this at 9-4, and four, I'm watching a backcourt that seems to understand where they're supposed to be. And that's what gets me excited. And the fact that Mitchell and Conley are playing off of each other. Uh, we're recording this right after they just faced Murray in that second half. I thought Conley, I watched some of the highlights getting ready for this. And I was like, man, they really did shut him down the second half. And that's exciting. Um, I also think that it, it cannot be understated how important Joe as a shooter and as a spacer was to this team last year and to not have him in the bubble completely changed the flow of this offense. Um, so overall, I look at Utah and the, it's unfortunate because I'm sure you've been covering this team. Well, what are you going to do in the playoffs? Will ultimately be the definitive narrative of this team is, can you get past that second round? Can you really shock a Clippers? Can you really go the distance with a Lakers? Um, but some of the wins that this team has already gives me excitement. A win over the Blazers, a win at the Bucks, a, a number of games where you see what their, their peaks can be. I look at Utah and I have a lot of hope. The key will be, in my opinion, can Donovan take that leap? Can he go, can he go from the guy that, that dropped 50 once to the guy that can do what he's doing right now, which is over 27 points per game and really take that next leap? But I, I think more than a lot of teams in the West Coast, 
Utah has already shown me this season that they can be for real. Now it's just going to be about those big time moments and how, in the words of Shaq, the others step up. Well, and you're sitting next to somebody that he gets compared to every single day, Dwayne Wade, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and they have a great relationship uh, going back to Donovan's rookie year when it was Dwayne's last dance. And Donovan went on that tear where like every team he played had like a legitimate formidable star and Donovan dropped like 30 and everyone was like, who is this? Yeah. It was like a weird crowning of Donovan during that run for sure. Well, in Donovan and Dwayne, Donovan took him to an Italian restaurant here, Walter's Asteria, which, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to the podcast, ding, that's another uh, mention of that place. Jim Beheim, PJ Carlissimo, and now the podcast. Are they giving you the side hookup? You getting a free, uh, free app of onion rings, some calamari? What are we getting? I get to go uh, to Walter and say, you pick. You pick my, nice. my entree, nice. so don't worry. Nice. But he takes him there. And it's during his last dance, the one last dance for Dwayne. They have a relationship where he gets him the cake. Congratulations on a Mm. spectacular career. And here's a rocking chair to enjoy in retirement. They have a good enough relationship where they can do that to each other. What's Dwayne's opinion that he shared uh, as far as the way that Donovan can go in his progression as a star? Dwayne has reached that point of his post-career where as young guys come up, they're starting to be compared to him. So I think he simultaneously feels old for that. I think there was also a part of Dwayne early on where you get defensive because you almost want to choose who gets the title of the next you. Because you don't want it to be thrown on a guy that you actually don't like. But what you just said, though, about the mutual respect, I have met Donovan when he was at Louisville, which is where I used to work. And I have now had a chance to get to know Dwayne. And they are both people who in their eyes has this sense of humility and kindness where you meet them and you go, why are they more excited to meet me than I am to meet them? The first time I met both of them, they were just, tell me about yourself. And I was like, nobody cares about me. I want to hear about you. Like, this is crazy. Uh, I think Donovan is wise beyond his years. I think that they are both uh, very underrated in terms of their athleticism. I think uh, we, we all, with somebody like Wade, we remember more of how he's been in the later years, but early on, that man was flying and dunking on people. I think Donovan's a little bit more athletic than, than Dwayne, um, but I also think Dwayne was put into a situation to win in an earlier stage than Donovan has been. Um, I, I like the flow of, of Pat Riley with Wade and, and I, I just look at Quinn Snyder and I feel like he, he, that's, he's from that mold. It's probably the hair. Um, but I think from talking to Dwayne, yeah, yeah. Get it back. Slick it Slick back. Hair. I think Dwayne really appreciates and, and respects Donovan. And I feel like there is some of that older brother mentality there. Uh, and I, Wade is one of those guys that is not afraid of it. He will embrace it. Um, and I, I think Wade likes to embrace people that he believes has that Miami killer instinct. It's why he would try to bring Butler there. Certain guys have the determination every day to get better. And I think he sees that in, in uh, Donovan Mitchell as well. Looking at the entire Western Conference, at least here, it looks like Lakers, Clippers, then 
the Jazz can be that three team alongside sure. maybe a Phoenix or a Portland, still in that in that same grouping, but that those tiers of teams. Right. Early going of the season, but is that a realistic expectation for the Jazz? Especially with the the Harden trade, um, because I think. Like there's there's a lot of teams right now when you look at the standings that are clumped in that six and six to four and seven that I think we had questions about before this season. The Pelicans could be good, but we're not sure. The Thunder, we're not sure. Memphis, they didn't really add anybody, but they have that nice young core. I think Denver has been the early season disappointment right now at six and seven. Uh, It's so tough to know, though, just with all of the guys having to be benched and then these long road trips. We we saw the road trip get Utah for a little bit, too. But uh, the reason that I like Utah even a little bit more than Portland is I think Portland has a legitimate question about their big man position right now, where uh, even, even in the bubble last year, guys, you can't play Nurkic 48 minutes a game. And, and he's also not going to be that option. Rudy is such a dominating force down there that you need someone to battle back. At least the Suns have Aiton to throw a big guy on a big guy there. And I, I think what I was saying earlier about the, the Utah Jazz being, you know, showing a lot of promise, they have right now, in my opinion, separated as the third best team in the, in the Western Conference. And doing it by winning games they were supposed to, showing their depth, uh, and then also solidifying that backcourt. I think Phoenix is, I'm excited to see that team grow and how they come together. Because I think CP3 is like a, uh, he's like an overnight barbecue rib. Like it's a slow, low burn. And I think that team is just going to get better and better. I think we all look at the Suns and get excited about their potential. Potential. Like, just like I said, Donovan Mitchell needs to take a step. Booker really needs to take that step too. We're, We're waiting on, we need him to be dropping 28 points per game, but with Bridges and everybody on the outside, the pieces are there. And the Clippers, you know, you're just, you're looking at Kawhi and PG and you're like, is this, is, are you guys going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to be as good as we think you're going to be? But um, I think you guys are there. Um, I, I really do. I think Utah has, is right now the third best team in the West and with everybody going to the Nets and, and the Bucks being what they are. And this, we're getting to a point now where, Everybody said LeBron couldn't win in the West, and then he went to the West, and now everybody's starting to go to the East. And it's, it's just an interesting dynamic of the NBA migration system. Well, and you're an East guy, Philadelphia, Sixers. What do you think about Not their potential. forecast? As, as they weren't involved in that hardened trade, but according to reports in The Athletic and others, they were in the running. Yeah, it, it's interesting that the Sixers got a late first-round pick in Maxi out of Kentucky, and he's already gotten to the point where he's a no-trade clause. Uh, and that's really exciting. This team has been looking for some point guard play for a while. They have one of the most talented teams in the NBA, and they are undoubtedly a team that can make a run at the finals. They've always played the Bucs well. They really have. If Embiid... Is can do what he's doing right now. He's the most dominant force in the NBA. If Doc can figure out a way to use Ben Simmons' defensive ability, but also make him less of a liability on offense, but still somehow get him involved, what has blown me away as a Sixers fan that has watched all of these games is how different the demeanor of this team is from when Brett Brown was there. 
Brett Brown was a great guy to get the culture together. He was awesome to have while you're going through these, the losing of the process to still motivate the guys. But he, he lacked that pull aside, I've been there before leadership that Doc is giving them right now. And it's evident. It's evident. But I think, I think even though the Bucks are super exciting at nine and four, I'm still looking at them and going, we'll see. They kind of have what, what you guys have, which is this is all great, but let's see what happens in the playoffs mentality. And I, I get excited. The East does feel open, but the Nets are sitting there and you're going, man, James Harden sure does look a lot skinnier than he did in that warm-up photo. And I think it was a bad uh, angle. He wasn't uh, afforded any specialities by that. We have, had, we have had a number of these in history. Bad angle photos that have haunted people. Uh, this James Harden one goes right to the top of the list. If you remember, Tony Romo ran out at a practice one time and his jersey got oh, yeah, and he yeah. looked really big. But I would say the most famous one was Eddie Lacy, where Eddie Lacy, uh, former running back for the Green Bay Packers, caught a pass and was turning, but the angle of the photo made him look enormous. And he was already rumored to be a big guy. There was a Jameis Winston photo uh, that was really unflattering before. It's, it's, man. But then we've had the opposite. Last year before the bubble, Zion Williamson looked like he was going to be the next shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then we get to the bubble, and he's chubby. Luca had a chubby photo uh, yeah. and, and came back. So, uh, man, I've just never seen it that drastic. Uh, he must have fluffed out the beard too and everything, JP. I don't know. Very wise of you to wear black. That's a very slimming color. Yeah. That's, well, I also live in New York. And in New York, we're, we wear a lot of black. Oh, okay. All right. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, as far as NBA on TNT, I want to talk about that because you, you're well, hold on. with- can I get Can I get your prediction really quick? How do, do you, you think the, how do you think this year of Harden- Durant and Kyrie, not long-term, but how do you think they do this year? So I saw the uh, meme of the girlfriend looking over to the boyfriend as they're in bed. Oh, he's thinking about other girls. He's just thinking about how three primary ball handlers are going to work on, on the Brooklyn Nets. That's where I'm at right now. I don't know how three primary mm. ball handlers are going to work on one team because when KD and Harden and Kyrie are in the same room. There needs yep. to be a pecking order. And I don't know if that they know exactly who that pecking order is. If they figure it out, and I think it goes KD1, Harden 2, Kyrie 3, then mm. it, it can work. But look, I, I also don't know uh, what Kyrie's deal, dealing with, you know? How's his mental health going in right. as he comes back to this team? Where Where is that at? You have to figure out a lot of those things when it comes to that Brooklyn squad. I, I have a feeling as Kyrie takes this time off that this team is actually going to look really, really good without him. I have always had an unhealthy fandom. I don't know why. Shaq calls them others. I fall in love with a six man on a team, a seven man team all the time. I love Chris Chioza. I've always loved Chris Chioza. It's I think a fun the point name guard position, him, they have these pieces there of him, Tyler Johnson, two guards that can do what you need to do. You got Landry Shamit, Joe Harris. Like I, 
I, I think that this team with Harden Durant is going to play really well. And I'm very curious how it's going to go when Kyrie comes back. I'm not saying it's because of his personality. I'm saying what you said about play style. Um, but man, I, it's hard to pick against them. I think that they also need a little bit more depth at big man, because I don't think you can rely on Deandre John, Deandre Jordan, Nicholas Claxton uh, to get it done. But I, that's you're you're like me. I, I'm not a big prediction guy. I'm more about how about I just pop some popcorn and sit down and watch and enjoy it because it's going to be super interesting. I don't need the answer right now. It's it's okay. I can wait a little bit for that. And and Jared Allen, you're right. I mean the bigs, Jared Allen, when they played the Jazz a couple weeks ago without KD, Jared Allen looked like a world beater. He was amazing yeah. against Rudy, and now he's no longer on that team. So the big man. I'm depth, so curious huge. how his body is going to look as a 10 year vet because he's one of those guys that he came in the league and you're like, he's just too skinny, but you know, he's going to get bigger every year. And I just, I'm, I'm so curious what veteran, like I look at Julius Randall now and he's like a full grown man and he's just like pushing people around. And the way that these guys bodies change is that like Rudy Gobert was a stick when he first got in the league. And now you look at him and he's like, he's, He's one of the most formidable big men we've ever seen. I remember going to a Jazz Sixers game in Rudy's second year-ish, and Jeremy Grant was pushing him around down low, and you were wondering, how's this going to work? How's this guy going to stay in the league? And then two yeah. depoys later, a couple of all NBAs later, Rudy is stuck around, and, and he's done phenomenally it's why i don't like to call young players busts just because they they went somewhere and you don't hear about them for three four years the the growth of a of the the physical body from the ages of 20 to 24 is staggering staggering that's why it's like what is zion gonna look like in five years like he can look completely we we have no idea but i'm i'm going on a tangent i apologize okay all right let's bring it back bring it back bring it back to NBA on TNT, which I, I wanted to ask you about as something that's going to be starting up in the next couple of weeks, for you at least, Tuesdays. Yep. What can we expect from this year as you've already got one under your belt with yep. Candace, D-Wade, and Shaq? I think for my money, Candace Parker provides such, such a needed perspective because you see all these, all these pregame, postgame shows – no players on there. Candace Parker is still playing basketball right now. She's, she's active. A, she's a, a unrestricted free agent in the WNBA. Is she going to announce mm. on your show? Like she is so good at this and you catch her on NBA. The reigning TV. defensive player of the year in the WNBA. And she provides a player's perspective of a player playing right now. And it's, it's yes. so unique to basketball yes. commentary. So I almost feel like we have two seasons under our belt because we started, we did four or five shows, then we went off and then we came back. Um, so I think la- it's so different because of COVID protocols where last year so much of our attention was, okay, we wanna make it different. We wanna walk in, we wanna be standing, we wanna move all over the place. And now we're sitting at the longest desk in the history of the world and we're, we're navigating that. Um, the other thing is in years past, The coolest part about the NBA on TNT is while the games are going on, sitting in the green room with everybody there, watching the games and just shooting, talking the stuff and having a good time. Um, Now, 
Now we kind of have to be off in our own spots. I have been during the COVID shows sitting on the set. I want just, just, I'm going to make this my office. I'm going to operate where I do the show. Um, but what you just said about Candace is why I get really excited. Not only is Candace active and playing so she can comment on what it's like inside of a bubble and, and all of that stuff and what players are thinking as they're going through all these COVID protocols. And as I would imagine, everything during the, it's going to be a moving target throughout this year in terms of what we're able to do as the vaccine becomes more prominent, like all that. Um, but also she's doing hits on NBA TV every day. Me and her are texting every day. She is super in-depth with the league. And when I listen to her compared to anybody on any other network, I believe that Candace is more plugged in and is giving better evaluation than anybody. Like real basketball evaluation. A lot of basketball content, and this is at every place, is much more about off the court than on the court. And I think Candace gives us that really good quality on the court. Wade has in my mind better connections than anybody else. You know, I don't know if you saw everybody's bashing James Harden, Dwayne Wade posts on social media. I'm just happy to see him happy. And James Harden goes to all the former players out there bashing. I wish you were more like Dwayne Wade. He's texting with LeBron. I mean, these are all his friends. He just retired. You were just talking about the Donovan Mitchell story. And so I think he's more connected. What I'm very excited about Unfortunately, we can't have sideline reporters, but because now they're doing these walk-off interviews where, you know, let's say we cover a jazz game and Donovan's got the headset on. Now I get to watch Wade interact with these guys. And I think Wade is low-key, one of the best question askers as a former athlete. I watched him do, we're both represented by the same agency. I watched him lead a Q&A and I texted him. I was like, are you trying to take my job right now? He's... <laughs> He's very thoughtful. Um, a lot of sportscasters uh, go, I've already accomplished what I need to accomplish. Uh, and now I'm just going to wing it. I'm that good. I'm going to wing it. Wade wants to sit down with me and go, what are you thinking here? And so I'm now trying to be my best Chris Chioza and, and give him a little bit, but I don't want to give him too much because I also want that smile to pop up. And I think with Shaq, I think Shaq likes on our show being the big dog. He likes that he can go now, 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 and everybody stops talking. And then he also fulfills my craziness in terms of at any moment he wants to go viral. And so you know this as a host, having an analyst or a guest that at any moment can throw the show off the rails makes the show simultaneously riveting and really hard. But that's why I love it because uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. I think you need an element of that on the show or else now you're just executing TV. But I'm, I'm waiting for him to trip me or hit me with a water balloon uh, or, or really just make fun of my clothes. That's what I expect the most from Shaq and I'll take it. Well, what's the wardrobe going to look like? Fire. Okay. I just, picked, I just picked out. So we have 13 shows and I have about six or seven outfits and they are, I never want to be the loudest dresser, dresser on set. That is not my role. But I also think that it's time for people on TV to think about the clothes they're wearing and realize you don't have to wear a suit every day especially because our show is supposed to be, 
It's supposed to be younger. It's supposed to be more fun. I'm not wearing a shirt that I wear to the club. I don't really go to clubs anymore. I don't think anybody should be going to clubs anymore. Agreed. But, but at the same time, um, uh, like that's why I love Ernie so much because he came out early and said, I'm wearing bow ties, deal with it. Yeah. And I would imagine the first five years, people were like, what's this, what's this nerd on my TV wearing a bow tie? And now if he came in wearing not a bow tie, you'd be like, what's going on? And so I, I really enjoy it. Wade takes clothes very seriously. Candace as well. But Wade, Wade to a point where he has a stylist and he's got a second look during the show and all that. And so I just, my goal with my clothes is to come in and for Wade to look at me and go, okay, okay. And then go to a stylist and, and have to spend more money on clothes. That is my goal. I just want to challenge him enough to where he feels the need to step his game up. That's what I want to do. What was his review of your season one, season two? He was a well, big fan. He was. Okay, good. He was a big fan. Look, as a, let's just call it for what it is as a, as a white guy doing the host, the bar for me is very low. Like people are, it's the same thing. If I can hit one dance move, people are like, Whoa. And I'm like, come on guys, can you have more expectations of me? Um, I think the, the, the main thing that I've been trying to do is sneaker wise, because I think more than any other sport, I know they do in the NFL with cleats, but Really, the NBA has become a fashion show, especially with sneakers and not just this is the cool sneaker right now, but oh, wow, how did you get that? And so I've, I've hit up a few friends for some favors and we'll see if we can drop some heat. Well, hopefully you'll be able to see a Jordan Clarkson outfit before Oof. Jazz Celtics. That guy is, brings it, man. He does. He Every single time he amazes. And, and he's not doing it for you. He's not doing no. it for anybody. He's doing it for him. You could tell when he puts on a kilt. Yes. That's just him and him, him and Kelly testing. Oubre. Him and Kelly Oubre are the two guys. And Shea Gilgis Alexander are the three guys really that when I look at them, I feel old. Because I go, because I go, it looks cool. It is cool. And there's zero way that I can pull it off. I think that a lot of people that are older when it comes to fashion are like, look at these kids. I used to wear fitted pants. I don't know why they talk like that, but Jordan Clarkson is always in his bag. Like he went from LA, Cleveland, Salt Lake city, but in his head, he's in like Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson Island. And it's awesome. Like, that, that guy, and he is playing great right now. I didn't mention him earlier. He's become a legitimate scoring threat every game, and I love watching him play. Should be six man of the year if he continues it. Jordan it's Clarkson. Early. early. If we're doing quarter season awards. <laughs> quarter season six man of the year. Quarter Jordan Clarkson's got it. Quarter season COVID awards. Yes. Jordan Clarkson. Look out for Shake Milton. Shake Milton. Oh, wow. That's my Sixers bias. Isaiah Joe, rookie of the year. Listen, the kid can stroke. We don't, we have not had a lot of shooters on the Sixers. So anytime someone can hit like more than one three, we're like, he's just like Kyle Korver. <laughs> Another former jazz man. Let's end on yeah, that. Yeah. NBA on TNT Tuesdays. You'll be able to see him before a jazz game as the jazz take on the Celtics in February. Adam Lefko, Lefko show, Bleacher Report. TNT. Thank you so much for taking the time, Adam. Thank you so much to all the jazz fans out there. 
Uh, I'm excited for you guys. Hope you have a great season. I hope when all of this is done that it clears up and somehow the Jazz are in the Western Conference Finals, which TNT has. And for some reason, they send me. They're like, let's get Lefko to, to go on the street. And then I get to meet all of you. That's my hope that you guys make a run and you shock the world. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Well, and then you'll go to Walters. I'm in. I'm in. Any appetizer you want. Adam Lefko. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thank you.